the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Talk you can believe in. True Talk 800. True Talk 800. This is Difference Makers. Hi, I'm Mike Lee, Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, 93.9 KPDQ, AM 860 The Answer, the new KPAM. AM 1640 The Patriot, 93.1 L Ray, and 104.1 The Fish. And if you'd like to find out how you could talk about having your own radio program, events like Fish Fest, concerts like Stephen Curtis Chapman, comedy like Nazareth, or family events like Secret Keeper Girl, you could even advertise your outreach or business. Just contact me at Mike Lee at KPDQ.com. That's M-I-K-E-L-E-E at KPDQ.com. One of the reasons I enjoy working here is the fact that things are so well and professionally done because of people like my dear friend Clark Hilton, who I wish a very happy birthday weekend to. And we're very happy to have a very special guest in the house from West Hills Christian School, where students flourish. He is head of school, Sue Chang. So welcome, Sue. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you. Friends, you may know West Hills Christian School as being located on Southwest Capitol Hill Road in Portland, and that's just north of the Safeway at Pacific Highway and Multnomah Boulevard. You can find out more about the school at their website, whcs.org. That's whcs.org. And make sure to follow West Hills Christian School on Facebook, and they are West Hills Christian on Instagram. And we've got a very special offer that Sue has just made me aware of. So what is that offer, Sue? Well, that offer is uh, anyone that mentions uh, Mike Lee as a, as a code and applies to our school between now and May 31st uh, will have their $75 application fee waived. But they must mention Mike Lee. Oh, how exciting. Thank you. So think about the $75 that you'll be saving if you apply at West Hills Christian School by mentioning Difference Makers and Mike Lee with West Hills Christian. And if you want to send money my way, that probably wouldn't be legal, so I shouldn't suggest that at all. But I will suggest that whether you're looking for a school for a future kindergartner or seeking an elementary or junior high school program where students' lives are being transformed for Christ in a challenging academic setting, you could find out a ton of information at the website whcs.org, or even better, schedule yourself a tour and come see the school in action. So, Sue, as the head of school, are there certain days of the week that are best to come by for a visit? I mean, I, I assume that you need people to RSVP in advance so that you're best prepared for them. Is that correct? Yeah, generally, we would uh, invite uh, prospective parents to call our uh, director of admissions, Mrs. Brittany DeLuca, uh, Monday through Friday. Uh, Usually we're not there on weekends, but uh, if there's a special need for that and they're only in town over the weekend visiting as they're relocating, uh, I will certainly make my time 
available to visit with them, but Monday through Friday. But on Wednesdays, uh, between 8 and 2.30 in the afternoon, it's what we call walk-in Wednesdays. So families, without making an appointment, are, are free to walk on in, check in, and uh, visit with uh, Mrs. DeLuca to talk about our school, to get a mini-tour, and if I'm available to visit with me for a few minutes as well. So do you make sure that you're extra well-shaven and coiffed and dressed on Wednesday morning, Sue? Yes, I do, uh, <laughs> I do get dressed up a little bit better on Wednesdays. That's good to know. <laughs> West Hills Christian School has been committed since 1949 to provide an exceptional Christian education in accordance with God's Word to several generations of Christian families in the greater Portland area. Odds are pretty good that you know someone who's going to or has gone to West Hills Christian School over the years. They provide K-8 through grades, and they partner closely with parents in educating children in order to lay the academic, spiritual, physical, and social foundation that will help equip students to lifelong learning plus service to God and to their communities. So, Sue, you were serving as head of school for West Hills Christian. Can you tell us how long you've been there? Uh, We uh, moved from Atlanta, Georgia, actually, in May of 2017, uh, where I served as a head of school at uh, another K-8 through school in Atlanta, and then before that, uh, Dallas, Texas. So, this is my third appointment um, as a head of school, and I'm delighted to be in the Northwest, being a Southern California guy myself, uh, enjoying the mountains and the ocean and just the beautiful tall trees and less traffic. So West Hills Christian is far from your first <laughs> rodeo when it comes to leading a Christian school. So, so you mentioned Southern California. Can you tell us where you grew up? Yeah, so I grew up in uh, in the eastern part of L.A., uh, went to high school there, uh, attended the University of Southern California, otherwise known as University of Spoiled Children, <laughs> a.k.a. University of Su Chang, uh, University of Second Choice, according to my wife, who went to UCLA. So Ooh, That's uh, kind of like having a, a duck-beaver marriage, isn't yeah, it? Every time I see the SC for the sports center, I feel I should be paid for that because that's my initials. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so graduated from there, um, started working as a young banker in uh, Beverly Hills, got married, had our first but two that's boys. That's just sitcom material, isn't no, it? A serious. young banker in Beverly Hills? Yes, indeed. Uh, right, after, right off of... Beverly Drive, uh, a block away from Rodeo Drive, actually. So did anyone famous ever come in to uh, cash checks in? Um, let's see. Uh, Fred Astaire used to walk in uh, every week on a Monday morning. He walked? He didn't stroll or dance or strut? Uh, he was very smooth. He was a very tall, a slender frame, uh, a wonderful gentleman. Uh, Yul Brenner was a customer of mine. Uh, his account name was Etcetera, 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 if you remember from <laughs> The King and I. I love that movie. Uh, the original Batman, Adam West, actually was a client of mine. Oh, my. Uh, now, you know, I grew up on the Batman TV no series. <laughs> yes, raised on television, I'm ashamed to admit. I loved that. We unfortunately had to repo the original Batmobile because it was delinquent, but uh, that's another story for another show. Oh, that must have been a great photo op <laughs> before you repossessed it. <laughs> How do you repossess a Batmobile? <laughs> it's not easily done. <laughs> Could you imagine the poor guy showing up with a tow truck? And you need to get an extra long truck. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you go from USC yeah. to banking to education? Yeah, well, um, I took a different tack. Um, you know, as I was uh, working at the bank, um, I began to realize as a, as a young, maturing Christian that 
man, money is not eternal. No duh, business major. Money is not eternal. And I realized that in my working environment, people were devoting their lives. People were using people's talents to make more money. But I realized that uh, the kingdom priorities are, are, are flipped. Uh, we use money to get people. You know, we use financial resources to reach out to people with the gospel of Jesus. And so as a 25, 26-year-old young banker, I had to make a decision. And um, at, a, at a missions conference called the Urbana Missions Conference in uh, Champaign, Illinois, in December of 1984, I, uh, I sensed uh, God's call to full-time Christian ministry. And so shortly after that December um, conference, I came back and I turned in my resignation at the bank that I was working at. My manager looked at me really funny and I said, are you crazy? We just gave you an assistant vice president title six months ago. You know, we have all these big plans for you. We flew you to San Francisco. We've been training you in downtown LA. Uh, You're going to give that up to go to seminary? I said, yeah. And so five months later, I uh, began my seminary training at uh, Biola University, Talbot School of Theology. Got my MDiv. Five years later, became ordained, uh, began working in youth ministry, college ministry, and then pastored my own church. Um, so, uh, well, that must have been some experience. It was. It was a wonderful experience, and I would I wouldn't have changed anything. Um, so, so, how supportive were your loved ones when you were going through this career change? My parents thought I was crazy. You know, they said, "You're going to do what? <laughs> you want to be poor?" <laughs> You want to be a seminarian? Who's going to support you? Do you know how much pastors get paid? Et cetera, et cetera. You know, just the typical, every loving parent would have concerns about anybody that wants to be, I want to be a missionary or I want to be a youth pastor. How are you going to provide for your family? Well, I knew that if God cared enough about me to send his son to die for me, and he was calling me to ministry, that surely he can take care of my financial needs. And so it was that simple trust that led me to uh, quit my job. I had a little bit of savings. Got married, actually, while I was in seminary. Had our first two sons, and God provided me amply through uh, a side business that I was operating while I was in seminary. And so God has been faithful uh, throughout the last 40 years of my Christian walk. So were you married before or after you left the banking industry? I got married after, and I actually got married as a seminarian. So um, uh, Kathy uh, uh, was equally committed to uh, the the sense of call that I had, and she has been extremely supportive and has been there for the last 31 years. Oh, how wonderful. Congratulations on your you. strong, outstanding marriage. And I suppose it might have been easier for her to know you as a poor seminarian <laughs> than as a rolling into <laughs> bank exec on the way up, right? Well, she also knew me because we went to the same church. Uh, she knew me that I, I was a young banker in Beverly Hills. But, uh, you know, her commitment was not so much about wealth and material possessions and stability as much as, you know, love for Jesus, love for me, and uh, what we sense God wanted to do with our lives together. So over the years, Su Chang, head of school for West Hills Christian, you've really worn a bunch of different hats, going from the banking industry to Biola, to mm-hmm. studying, and then to becoming a full-time pastor. Mm-hmm. So when did that transition into Christian education? That's a great question. Um, I am one of those uh, heads of schools that stumbled upon being head of school. 
And there, I've, I've run into many heads of schools who were formerly business people, marketing folks, pastors, teachers, and whatnot. But I was never intending to be a head of school, ultimately. I just wanted to serve God and invest my life for the next generation. Because I grew up in church, but I didn't know Jesus until I was a freshman in college. And my deep commitment was I was going to make sure that the young people of the next generation would have somebody that would understand their plight, uh, though they may be at church or they may be associated with the church or grow up in a Christian home. I just wanted to make sure that they understood that they could have a relationship with Jesus and to to be able to speak into that. Um, and so... Uh, you know, that's what led me to uh, be committed to ministry. Uh, but in 2001, when we were living and serving in Maryland, and I had pivoted from being a senior pastor of a church to being a Christian exporter of goods for the purpose of doing some strategic work in the Persian Gulf, without getting into details, uh, it gave us the opportunity to move to Dallas, Texas. Or uh, you know, where you had found a wonderful Christian school that was uh, very uh, academically rigorous, but also equally committed to Christian discipleship as a school. And my oldest was uh, going into eighth grade, and my youngest was a first grader. So we had uh, three sons, uh, very good kids, uh, sharp and and hungry to learn. And we decided to move, and so we moved in two thousand one. They all graduated from that school, and then within two and a half years of uh, being a carpool dad, as they say, I was called into the office of the head of school, and I said, what can I do for you? And he um, invited me to consider uh, substitute teaching as an Old Testament and New Testament survey teacher because uh, somebody had just turned in his resignation. So that's how I got involved with the school where I was a dad. And that led to being the chaplain for the school and then the director of admissions. And I served there for nine years after that. And that's what sort of got me on this path of being an administrator um, at West Hills Christian School. Sue Chang is serving as head of school for West Hills Christian School, where students flourish, located at 7945 Southwest Capitol Hill Road. That's just north of the Safeway, located at Pacific Highway and Multnomah Boulevard. I used to work down the block from there, Sue, and they really renovated that, made it a beautiful double-deck parking deck underneath Safeway with all the bells and whistles. With the Starbucks inside. Ooh, that's yep. very convenient. I'm sure <laughs> that West Hills Christian staff and maybe students sneak over there more uh, frequently need to carry uh, Not students, right? but staff, yeah, they go there <laughs> often to uh, grab lunch or a cup of coffee. West Hills Christian committed to providing an exceptional Christian education in accordance with God's Word. And don't forget, you can save yourself a $75 application fee. That fee is going to be waived if you apply, one, before May 31st, and two, that you mentioned that you heard about it on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. And 93.9 KPDQ. So we want to find out more about Sue Chang, more about West Hills Christian School, and about life today in the church and education and the workforce. More with Sue Chang of West Hills Christian School coming up next on Difference Makers. Welcome back to Difference Makers. Mike Lee here with Head of School Sue Chang from West Hills Christian School on Southwest Capitol Hill Road in Portland. All the information about the website, whcs.org, and their social media is linked to the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. So you can find out all about West Hills Christian School. 
comprised of seasoned educators committed to creating a learning environment where a student's mind and heart are being challenged on a daily basis. They also believe that a distinctly Christian education is not only informative, but more importantly, transformative. They define success as being measured not only by what a student knows by graduation time, but ultimately by what a student loves. They firmly believe that a distinctly Christian education is one that's founded on the two greatest commands, to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. So with God's help, they passionately pursue educational goals. So do you have any highlights, Su Chang, that you're most proud of about West Hills Christian? Wow. Um, in just a short uh, year that I've been associated with West Hills, I've discovered so many. I don't know that we have enough time today. But I would like to say that as a 68-year-old Christian school, generally many schools that I've been aware of, they begin to lose their distinctive Christian edge, their commitment to Scripture, their commitment to spiritual values, and they remain Christian oftentimes in identity only. But uh, West Hills Christian School has been and continues to be, and with God's help will continue to be committed to educating children in a distinctly biblical perspective uh, around God's Word. And that uh, what we teach and how we run the school and the environment that we create for our children is consistent with biblical priorities. A very unique, uh, distinctive of West Hills Christian School. So you'd mentioned that you grew up in Southern California and Mm -hmm. also spent a significant amount of time throughout the world, including Texas and Atlanta, Georgia, before eventually landing here in Portland. Right. Where else have you landed along the way? Um, Before Southern California, I uh, endured two years of uh, life in the Windy City (laughs) as a junior high school kid. Uh, We had just moved from South America at that point. Um, So it was a little bit too cold for our family, so we decided to uh, go west, where the climate was a little bit more amenable to uh, subtropical families like ours. So uh, we ended up in Southern California in 1974. Uh, But, um, you know, before we moved to the States, um, I actually grew up in in the Spanish-speaking world, in Asuncion, Paraguay, which is South America. So was Spanish your very first language then? I mean, I speak. I spoke Korean as a little child, but uh, I really didn't learn the alphabet before I left. I was uh, five, five and a half, and so I basically went to elementary school in this in a Spanish-speaking school environment. That was good, good that, preparation for ending up in the Pacific Northwest. I think. Well, absolutely. In Southern California, I actually tutored a bunch of my high school classmates, um, sometimes relying on my Spanish language uh, in math and, and some other subjects. How funny. <laughs> well, earlier on, Su Chang, you had mentioned that although you grew up in the church yeah. with what I presume is a Christ-following family, yes. your faith did not become your own until your later teen years. Correct. So what led to that? Was it a gradual transformation? Was there a instantaneous mm. light bulb moment? What happened for you personally? Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, like many teenagers that grew up in the church, uh, I began to uh, really think about what it means to be a Christian, what it means, what church means, and what, what the Bible is about, and maybe even a more basic question like, does God really exist? Right? And that's where I began. And I was not sure. 
I was not sure, mainly because uh, of some hypocrisy that I began to see uh, among my own peers and in the church and so forth. And so I asked my parents for permission to uh, take a break. And they were very actively involved in the local church. You know, my mom sang in the choir. My dad was a deacon and so forth. And, and, and God bless them. They said, okay. They didn't feel threatened by that. They didn't force me to go to church. But it wasn't until my freshman year in college where uh, a junior uh, friend of mine, I was a freshman, a junior uh, friend, Dave, was his name. Uh, he said, hey, let's have lunch together. I said, sure. You know, as a freshman, you know, when a junior student <laughs> wants to have lunch together, you say, sure. And so we sat on the campus of USC. We were having a bite to eat and began to share what I came to realize was a four spiritual laws written by Dr. Bill Bright, the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ. I had never heard the gospel presented in the way that it was presented to me at that time in the fall of 1977. And uh, that's when I began to realize, oh, wow, being a Christian means not just going to church, not just uh, espousing certain moral values, but being a Christian means having a personal relationship with with Jesus Christ. Uh, by inviting him into your life. And so it was uh, three months later, during the winter break, during December of 1977, that I gave my heart to Jesus. It was a life-changing experience, um, like night and day. And that's when uh, I was, uh, as many would say, reborn. So how did your folks take this? Oh, they loved it. (laughs) I mean, I was a good kid, don't get me wrong. Uh, Even while I did not go to church regularly, I was a good kid. I studied hard, helped out with my parents' business, you know, stayed out of trouble and so forth. But, you know, when they began to see the life change after December of 1977, uh, they themselves became more dedicated to their own faith. And so uh, it was a uh, mutually beneficial thing. And so, uh, you know, they didn't like it when I said I'm going to go to seminary. But they came around and they actually... You're already they, saved, Sue. You got they, enough of the, the, they actually, the salvation thing. Down. You I don't know, have to give up but your they career. Actually, my dad actually <laughs> funded my seminary education, uh, which was a, a so, far cry from the original conversation that I had uh, a year earlier. This was not your father's first choice, but he backed you despite that. He came back from a business trip and he said, uh, I had a dream. And I said, what was that dream? And in that dream, he said that God appeared to him and said, why, do you th- why are you claiming him to be your son? He's your son biologically. You raised him, but he's ultimately my son. And if I'm calling him to be a minister, who are you to get in the way? And that was a very clear revelation to my father. And if you know the Asian culture, you, know, you don't go to seminary and quit your banking job in Beverly Hills without your father's blessing. And I waited and waited and waited. And finally, after a business trip overseas, he had that conversation with me. And I I said, okay, this is it. So within two weeks of that conversation, I turned in my resignation letter at Bank of America and uh, and, uh, never turned back. And he he actually helped support my uh, seminary education for the next five years. What a huge show of support from your dad. Uh, Actual confirmation of uh, God calling me into ministry. So initially, it doesn't sound it. It was that likely. It wasn't automatic that that was going to happen. No. You know, um, I mean, what what do intern youth pastors, seminarians get paid uh, in the early 80s and mid-80s? 
I started out at $400 a month. That's not enough to pay for gas and lunch. And yet God provided amply for uh, my needs and for my family, actually. So uh, when God calls you, he will provide for all of your needs. It's a very special treat to have another Asian across the desk. I don't get this every day, Such. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I echo your uh, your upbringing when it comes to education and work ethic and doing the right thing, being so ingrained in part of the Asian culture. And in one sense, it is a beautiful aspect. In another sense, it can be skewed to the point where it's more works-driven rather than faith-based. Indeed. So, has your experience growing up affected the way that you serve as a head of school now for West Hills Christian? Because earlier on, Sue, you were mentioning that you really wanted to find that balance of excellence in academics without forsaking the faith. Mm -hmm. So, whether it's schools or churches or just raising our families, how do we balance that? Is balance possible? It's possible, but it isn't easy, uh, because uh, we tend to go in one direction and forsake the other. You know, it's either academically rigorous and spiritually watered down, or it is spiritually on fire for Jesus and academically weak. And that was my experience in Maryland as we were thinking about different possibilities beyond public school. But it's very rare to find schools where both are strong and vibrant. So where are we, being the church, brothers and sisters in Christ of all different denominations and races and ethnicities and things Mm -hmm. like that, Mm -hmm. where do we fail when we get to the point where we're picking either or instead of both together? Yeah. Well, you know, I think uh, I wouldn't call it failure as much as we – we tend to give up the academic aspect of schooling uh, at the altar of we want a safe Christian environment uh, priority in many parents' uh, minds. Uh, But I think it should be both because uh, God has given us not only a heart with which to love Him and believe Him, but He's also given a mind with which to think about, with which to worship Him. So we are to love him with all of our heart, mind, strength, and soul. And we are to have the mind of Christ. Uh, Paul was a learned man, and he was a Pharisee, well-trained, and he could debate Greek philosophers and Stoics. He could go before Caesar himself, and he could make a case for the Christian faith in synagogues. And I think that's where the spiritual training coupled with intellectual preparation can become a dynamic and powerful symbiotic equipping of our children so that they can truly make a difference. Uh, And I think we live in a culture and a generation, and maybe more true of the Pacific Northwest, but I think it's true of everywhere, where Christians are often mischaracterized as not thinking, not thoughtful, not critical, or not as well educated. Uh, because we believe in creation and not evolution. We, we do this and that. But I think as uh, well-educated Christian students and parents, uh, we could be intellectually right up there against the best of the best while maintaining a deep conviction 
regarding Scripture, regarding all the revelation of God, including the free gift of salvation through Jesus. What I love to see, Su Chang of West Hills Christian, is when institutions go out of their way to look beyond the church bubble and to go beyond Christianese. Like, for instance, where uh, I serve as an adjunct at Corbin University, we just added an agricultural technical program. I know that Lee Sellers and the good people up at Multnomah University have added 20-plus extra majors that are more business-oriented, which is not to negate the importance of studying Bible and ministry. And if God calls you into full-time ministry, by all means, give it all you have. But at the same time, I believe in a marketplace ministry where perhaps maybe you're supposed to be a school administrator mm-hmm. or a doctor or a dentist or a tree cutter. Yep. And you will have that as your mission field. Indeed. And you can work in retail and, and by all means serve in the mission field on a daily basis. Well, you know, remember that Paul himself uh, made a living making tents. He was a tent maker. And we use that as a particular kind of ministry, you know, those missionaries that actually have a regular job to support themselves and, and, and do ministry. But Paul was a tent maker because that was a skill that he had. But also he could connect with people, you know, like during the Corinthian games and so forth, and he met Priscilla and Aquila during the Corinthian games, actually, while he was at Corinth. He made tents so that he would not have to rely on the generosity of churches to support him and his uh, missionary teammates, but also to connect and to have opportunities to uh, build relationships and to share the gospel through the marketplace, as we would call it today. And I think that's something that uh, we as a, a Christian school uh, you know, uh, educators and as Christian church leaders should be thinking about uh, how can we equip the next generation to not just be Christians on the side and then have a regular job where they don't see the connection, but we see and equip our students to think about redeeming everything that we do ultimately for the gospel so that it is uh, connected, not compartmentalized. We've got about a minute and a half or so before break, but before we go there, Su Chang, yeah. can you tell us about any former students, any alumni of West Hills Christian School that you're especially proud of that have gone on through your K-8 through program and landed in a place where they're really starting to make an impact on the world? Well, I've, uh, I've only been at West Hills for about a year now, so uh, you know it's got a 68-year history, and I'm sure if I <laughs> hung around long enough, I would get to know some of them. But, so uh, where do West Hills Christian alumni end up oh. after 8th grade? They end up at a Christian school, a high school called Westside Christian High School, uh, and many public schools, at Jesuit, and many other independent schools in the area. But about half of them end up at uh, Westside Christian High School. And do you feel it's a good overall program to prepare them for a college track if they feel so led? Yes, our, uh, our students uh, do extremely well wherever they end up going, whether it's a large public school or whether it's a small uh, Christian school, or whether it is a uh, Catholic school, and any number of schools. So we are intent on preparing them for a a very rigorous high school uh, curriculum. Good to hear from the head of school of West Hills Christian School, Sue Chang. Find out more on the website, whcs.org, which is linked up to the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. When we return, more about West Hills Christian School with Sue Chang on Difference Makers. 
You're listening to Difference Makers. My name is Mike Lee. And if you go to our website, listenersavings.com, you can find some wonderful school tuition deals to help you decide with your family what might be the best options for your children. And one of those is from West Hills Christian School, where students flourish. School's located on Southwest Capitol Hill Road, just north of that fancy newish Safeway at Pacific Highway and Multnomah Boulevard in Portland. And across the table, we have the head of school, Sue Chang, sharing all about Wet Hills Christian School. So earlier on, Sue, you and I were talking about the need to not only put our children in a position where they might avoid some of the ills out there, but simultaneously put them in a position to grow, both spiritually and academically. So do you believe that modern Christianity and the church overall often has a bit of an escapist mentality where it's good enough to steer you away from something, but not steer you toward something else? Uh, you know, that at the risk of sounding like, uh, like someone that generalizes things, I think we do find some aspects of that being the reality within uh, Christian churches, uh, within my own family, I would say. You know, I wanted to protect my children from the big bad world out there. But ultimately, I was preparing for that day when I'd have to drop them off at some university or college. Uh, whether that's a Christian college or not, uh, ours ended up going to non-Christian colleges. Uh, I just, Kathy and I wanted to make sure that they were ready for what they were about to face. Having ministered to young adults as a pastor, I saw what can happen, and I saw how that can impact the mind and the value system and the belief system of young adults. Before coming head of school at West Hills Christian, you served... As a pastor. As a pastor. Mm -hmm. You served with youth, and you served at different schools throughout the country. Right. So now that you're at West Hills Christian, so what are you purposing to do that we don't often fulfill as Christians when it comes to raising our kids and at the same time preparing them. Right. And so a lot of times, uh, you know, uh, Christian schools um, uh, can easily think that they're doing their job if they have a weekly chapel and they do Bible time, 20 minutes or 30 minutes, or have a Bible class even, you know, or, or even so-called worldview classes that many high schools offer. I think that's wonderful, but it, in my mind, uh, we need to go a little further. And what I mean by that is um, we don't want to think about the minds of our students or their hearts to just be receptacles upon which we drop in some golden nuggets of truth here and there and hope that that will get them through high school and college and through life and prepare them. And so when we say I believe or we believe in transformative education is not just informative education, and that what students love is a better measure of their orientation to reality, to God, and to truth than, um, you know, their intellectual knowledge. We're really saying that we want them to be part of uh, a new movement towards becoming equipped uh, as whole beings, as image bearers, as worshipers so that they're not just Christians who are going to be thrust in a secular environment at some point, but that they know how to live as a Christian, how to engage uh, those that 
do not agree with them, those that have a different value system, those that have a totally different worldview in such a way so that they're not running away from them nor judging them. And I think that's what Jesus did. That's what Paul did. He did not turn to the pagans in Greece and say, oh, you idiots, you have, you have no idea that this is idolatry. In fact, he just simply said, you know, this nameless God that you uh, worship, let me tell you about that. And he proceeds to talk about the God of creation, the Father of Jesus Christ, ultimately the Savior that came and died for them. And I think that's the kind of thoughtful preparation that we're trying to instill in kindergartners through eighth graders. And they'll need to continue that during high school uh, under their parents' tutelage, under youth pastors that are going to equip them and churches. But ultimately, it takes that kind of a partnership between local church ministries, families, and schools in order to produce a generation of students that will be like the Old Testament characters of David, Daniel, and his three friends, and so many other young people that God has used, uh, Esther, for example. You know, so uh, those are the kinds of biblical aspirational goals that we have in the modern 21st century where we've got 3D printers and, and robotics, and uh, students are learning to program things, you know, coding things. Uh, at the same time, we're not losing sight of that which is the most transformative, which is scripture, which is Christian truth. And so uh, that's, by God's grace, uh, we believe we're doing a good job, but we're also constantly trying to improve what we're providing and offering as a, as a school to uh, you know, the 250, 275 families that God has blessed us with uh, this year. The head of school for West Hills Christian is Sue Chang across the table from me. And Sue, could you tell us where do the majority of families live who send their kids to West Hills Christian School? Mm. How uh, far out yeah, would you call we, your <laughs> radius? Believe it or not, uh, we have families that are commuting 45 minutes one way. I don't know that we have anybody coming up from Salem, honestly. But we have families that live south of West Lynn, you know, west of Hillsborough, across uh, the bridge, across the river on uh, southeast and northeast and, and, and certainly in many other areas. But the predominant concentration is the greater Portland area, the southwest part of Portland, Beaverton, Lake Oswego, uh, Tualatin, Tigard, Sherwood, West Lynn, and so forth. But uh, we're, we're from all over the place. Can you give us your elevator pitch for West Hills Christians, Sue? What do you offer that might want parents to be more inclined to take a look at West Hills Christian? Mm. Wow. Um, you know, I would say that uh, children at West Hills are some of the most incredibly happy children who are at school, who are being challenged to learn and to do hard work. But I can't tell you how happy these children are, not only on Monday morning, but also on Friday afternoon, after they've had a long week of uh, homework and tests and activities. And uh, I think, um, you know, that kind of uh, happy place of learning is what uh, will enable these students to uh, tackle the challenges of intellectual preparation as well as the spiritual preparation. Um, and so, um, you know, I'm looking to measure our ability to deliver excellence by really the joyfulness that our students have, despite the fact that they're being challenged academically and uh, spiritually and socially. 
Um, like every school, we're not a perfect school. There is no such thing as a perfect school. Every school has its strengths and weaknesses, and ours is not immune to that. But we are very intentional about addressing some of those uh, challenges, uh, whether that's being mean to another student or whether that's being a little bit too rambunctious and so forth or too competitive, as uh, some might say. But we try to address their hearts. Uh, we try to create an environment where they will uh, be loving and, and mindful and uh, empathetic, compassionate, and, and most certainly civil in the way they treat one another as Jesus would treat us and, and expect us to treat others as we uh, would like to be treated. So that's really the secret sauce, not just the curriculum, but the hidden curriculum of our school, uh, which is the social uh, culture. And, and that is an area that we definitely are focused on improving uh, in the coming years. What I find interesting about you, Sue, is that you've done different Christian schools over the years in different parts of the country. So now that you're at West Hills Christian, where ages are kindergarten through eighth grade, can you give me your take, not only as a head of school for West Hills Christian, but also as a parent? In a world that today is so driven by social media and being online, what are your recommendations, given your experience? Mm. Thank you. Um, you know, my uh, our children are all grown up, 24, 27, 26, going on 27, and 29. So um, the iPhone wasn't introduced until after my oldest son graduated from high school. So as a parent, you dodged that bullet. I was very, very thankful that they were uh, handling a Motorola phone, a flip phone with 500 texts uh, as a maximum limit per phone, per line, per month. But now... Thanks to the iPhone and other tools, um, they have the whole World Wide Web available at their fingertips. And unfortunately, we have too many parents that are, are giving in to that battle a little too early, in my opinion. Uh, and and, and we've got phone companies that are willing to give it away just to sign up. And so it's really hard to resist that temptation. But I think the longer you delay when you hand them that phone, that smartphone, with unlimited access to the World Wide Web, that's probably a good thing. And number two, limiting screen time, because that affects their brain development, the child's brain development. And I think it's, there's a lot of association between just the challenges that a lot of children are having and the growing number of children, percentage-wise, that are uh, having learning issues and challenges. It is part of the epidemic of technology. So uh, we... As parents are wise to uh, to uh, keep standing our ground and not giving in too quickly and too early, uh, especially with our young ones. Give us something concrete to work with, Sue Chang of West Hills Christian. Yeah. What is a proper age? I suppose to a degree it depends on the maturity of your individual child. But give us an average range yeah. of when is too young for your kid to be on social media, to have his or her own smartphone, etc. Yeah. And how many hours of screen time would you prescribe a day or less? Uh, screen time, probably no more than 30 minutes, maximum an hour, and that would include television, cable TV. Um, a lot of students uh, play video games and so forth, and I think that is just dependent on what kind of games they're playing and so forth. But reduce that. You know, give them a book to read instead, you know, not just on a tablet, uh, or a Kindle, but an actual book where they're actually smelling paper and they're flipping pages. I'm traditionalist when it comes to things like that. 
delay it as much as possible. And I think with social media, it's so toxic these days. There's so much cyberbullying going on and just a lot of predators out there hmm. that you want to be very, very careful and, and be guarded. Just like we have security systems in our homes to keep bad people out, uh, we're unfortunately letting the whole world in by handing them a smartphone with unlimited access. And so get some software, some tools that will help you control and navigate through that. Check their phones you know, and, and make sure that you have clear guidelines as to when. I would say unless it's absolutely necessary for their safety, you know, like you drop them off so they need to call you or you need to be able to call them. If you're late and you're stuck in traffic and they need to know where you are, yeah, give them a phone, but only for that. Uh, I don't see a need for a fourth, fifth grade child to actually have a smartphone unless it's absolutely necessary for their safety and well-being. But, you know, that I will leave that up to the parents, but we... Uh, we as a school would delight if, um, if it was limited to just the 7th and 8th graders. But I think over the years, we're seeing more and more younger students um, having access to those things. And I think that's, uh, that can be both good and not so good. Sue Chang serves as the head of school of West Hills Christian School, where students flourish from kindergarten through 8th grade. And they're offering a very special waiving of the $75 application fee. All you've got to do is apply before May 31st and mention that you heard about this deal on Difference Makers on True Talk 800 and 93.9 KPDQ. So, Sue Chang, on our way out, anyone you want to send a shout out to? Well, uh, thank you, Mike, for inviting me. Um, this was a, a wonderful opportunity. Um, I'd like to uh, send a shout-out to all my uh, West Hills families out there listening live. And if you're missing out on this live show, uh, you can listen to it again at 1 o'clock tomorrow. Thank you so much, Sue Chang of West Hills Christian School. You can also check out their latest feature online at listenersavings.com. That's West Hills Christian School, whcs.org. And all of the information is on the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. Thanks so much for joining us on Difference Makers. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 